copies. Be peacefully transferred. I believe the power of the presidency and the purpose is to unite this nation, not divide it, to lift us up, not tear us apart. See, about us, about us, not about me. That's not how the speech went, in my view. If President Biden today was trying to unite the country over January 6th, I don't think he got there. But is the view outside of D.C. different than the view inside the Beltway? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Mark Hemingway joins us right now, senior writer at Real Clear Investigations. You see his work all over uh, the the place. And, and I, I asked a series of questions, and I put it out on, on social media, to, uh, specifically to what I thought a speech like this was supposed to do. But before we get to my specific questions, Mark, let's get to an overall. You've covered uh, D.C. for a great number of years. You cover these the, these kinds of speeches. You cover and talk to the writers who cover these kinds of, uh, of speeches. Your take on Joe Biden's January 6th speech. Oh, I, I think the whole speech and, and all of the pomp and circumstances surrounding January 6th has been a huge you know, mistake. I think it's the Democratic Party grasping on uh, grasping at straws because they're trying to manipulate what should be a fairly solemn occasion um, for political ends, because, frankly, it's it's all they've got. Um, You know, the the response to this speech, uh, I will never forget in Obama's presidency. Remember when Gabby Giffords was shot, the congresswoman from Arizona, and in the immediate aftermath, there was this you know massive national conversation where the New York Times blamed Sarah Palin for her getting shot, and everybody was talking about gun laws and all these other things. And Obama, you know, who I'm granted, I'm not a fan of him or his presidency, had the good sense to get up there and deliver a, an actually pretty good speech about how it was. This was the occasion for us to you know pause and take stock of what's happening. All around, instead of trying to, you know, you know, attribute uh, blame, um, you know, so that we can all, you know, come together as Americans and, and figure out what went wrong. You know, Biden had an opportunity to do something like that. You know, instead, he got up there and he blames Trump excessively. Like, even if you do think Trump was responsible for January 6th, and I don't think he he's in, in, you know, entirely innocent here. You know, you've got to do something to appeal to his supporters so that it just doesn't feel like another political exercise that will actually get people that maybe are marching in lockstep with Trump on these issues to, you know, step back for a moment and, and, and look to Joe Biden as a guy that's trying to appeal to them rather than a guy that's just trying to score political points off of them. My first gut reaction was, how in the world does this help him in 2022? So let me break down the four questions that I put out there. It's like we're having our own Seder here, talking to Mark Hemingway. Uh, you see his work at Real Clear Politics and a series of other places, Real Clear Investigations. Number one, did this speech connect with the American voter outside of the Beltway? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you can tell it just in the rhetoric. I mean, you know, right after Biden gave his speech, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris got up there and compared to January 6th last year to um, 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor? Are you kidding me? 2,300 Americans died that day. In fact, my father was five years old and living in Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. You know, if I were a liberal, I'd complain about her minimizing my trauma or some such nonsense. But, I mean, it's just an absurd and offensive comparison to, to do this. 
Um, I can't imagine how anyone, you know, listens to this rhetoric and and looks at what's happening here. You know, a day where the only person that died was a protester who was, you know, breaking into the building and got shot by the cops. And, you know, compares that to 2,300, you know, Americans in uniform dying from an attack by a foreign country. I mean, this is madness. Number two, did Joe Biden convince people that there was an insurrection one year ago on January 6th? Uh, no, I mean this is this is another part of the talking point that's absolutely crazy. Like, don't get me wrong, there was a riot at the Capitol, and the timing of that riot and the symbolism of it happening, you know, with the backdrop of the transfer of power from the election, is all very, very bad. But you know, think of it this way: what would have happened had there been a significant police presence at the Capitol that day that had repelled people from going into the building? Would if anyone looked at that and said that, oh, well, this was a coup attempt? Or would they have just said that it was, you know, a riot that got out of control, which is much more likely what it was? I mean, even the FBI has come out and said that, you know, they've examined all the plotters and stuff and said that there's scant evidence to show that there was a deliberate plot to go up there, go in there and and mount an actual insurrection or an actual coup attempt. That's not what happened. It was a bunch of people who, in their own warped way, were actually upset about what they perceived was the unfairness of an election, which, by the way, is another point. Like, this didn't happen in a vacuum. Both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have both said publicly they considered Trump an illegitimate president who was, in, you know, who was only in office because of Russian um, election interference, even though we know that's not true. There was no condemnation for that. You know, once it, you normalize questioning the legitimacy of, of uh, people who win elections, you know, don't be surprised when that comes back to bite you when, you know, when it happens to your party. Talking to Mark Hemingway, you find his work at Real Clear Politics. You can also find his work at The Federalist. Going through Joe Biden's speech earlier today, January 6th, which I I, I have to tell you, man, um, I wasn't the only one who thought he was just flat out angry. He was screaming. He was yelling for a guy who who wants to call himself a, a, a uniter. Uh, there, there was nothing uniting. He told the 75 million Trump voters, kiss off and die in a fire. I mean, maybe not those words, but in close in attitude, that was my take. You? Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. And I think this goes back to, I don't doubt that the anger was genuine, but this goes back to um, the idea of Biden and the rest of the D.C. establishment being in a, in a giant bubble. I mean, the most important constituency for the Democratic Party appears to be the media, right? And there actually comes a point where the media being, you know, um, in, in such a singularity with the Democratic Party um, priorities that it actually harms both of their both the media and the Democratic Party in the sense that they create this feedback loop from which, you know, they're, they're totally out of touch with what's going on in the rest of the country and how other people view these things. After a year nonstop, Again, of people in the media, you know, long before Kamala Harris and everything else, saying that this was 9-11, you know, um, they, they are, they've built this up in their own minds as being this, you know, huge threat to democracy and this, you know, huge crime uh, in a way that other people don't see it that way. So, of course, he's outraged because he's been told that this thing was much worse than it was for a solid year every time he turned on the television and every time you heard anything from other people in the Democratic Party. So he just is, you know, out of touch with reality in terms of, you know, how people see this and how they saw the actual threat. So that brings us to my other two questions. Talked about whether or not it connected with voters, and and I I don't believe it did. And did it convince people there was an insurrection? I don't think he accomplished that 
uh, either because he didn't really, you know, apply himself in that way because he was so incredibly angry. Did Biden in this speech bolster his image with Americans? And before you answer, you should know that Matt Lewis over at the Daily Beast has written an article saying today is the day Joe Biden became president. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I I don't even really know what to say at this point in time. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, again, there are plenty of people on the Republican side, I think, that you could point some fingers at in terms of, you know, let in, in terms of their response to January 6th, in terms of what they did leading up to it. And there are sane ways to go about critiquing that. And I wish that the more people were doing that. Um, but again, you know, this has to be a situation where a real leader is going to call on Americans to find a way to come together and not instead demonize half the country. Um, and, you know, if you look at the Democratic rhetoric surrounding this sort of thing, like Eric Swalwell, you know, who ran for president as a Democrat and is, you know, a big voice among Democrats in Congress, um, is coming out and saying that if a Republican, if Republicans win the midterms and then they win uh, the presidential election in 2024, this will be, quote, the last election of our lifetime. Because Republicans, at once in power, are going to destroy democracy as we know it. I mean, he's undermining democracy by suggesting that the other party is going to be the one to undermine democracy, even though there's no evidence that that's going to occur. Um, Again, this is all about playing partisan games and trying to score points. I mean, what do Democrats have at this point in time heading into the midterms? Joe Biden's presidency has been an abysmal success in terms of – I mean, an abysmal failure in terms of – trying to get any sort of domestic agenda passed. Um, The uh, Afghan withdrawal was complete disaster. They got 13 soldiers killed, and then they turned around in retaliation and, you know, killed 10 million, sorry, 10 uh, people with a drone, and they they, they haven't even answered any questions about any of this. I mean, and those are like, you know, basically the the most notable things of his presidency, not accomplishing things in Afghanistan. Um, So what 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 do they have to do to get people to vote for them this year? And what are they going to do? The which is, is the only thing you can do is scare them. Which is my number four question. That is the final question that I have, Mark, is all politics are local. Joe Biden had to know this, that giving this speech, this was going to play to, to, to local constituencies for members of, of Congress. Did Biden help Democrats come November? Again, Americans have so many immediate and pressing problems right now. You know, in, in huge swaths of the country, the freaking schools aren't open for crying out loud. Um, in huge swaths of the country, businesses are shutting down because of COVID restrictions that the, you know, um, that blue and Democratic areas won't let up on, even though there's all kinds of evidence that we should be letting up on them now. Um, you know, the inflation is through the roof. Um, we still have supply chain problems. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are really serious and pressing problems. And they Democrats, even though they control all three branches, so they control all they control both houses of Congress and the presidency right now. They are, you know, not doing anything and they can't do anything um, because they are trapped in this place where they can't do anything that doesn't appeal to their hard left constituencies 
but that will simultaneously alienate more moderate voters, and they're just stuck. They don't know what to do. Uh, so the answer is the only thing they can do left is to say that the Republicans are worse and try and paint them out to be, you know, people who are going to destroy democracy when, you know, I think most people have a you know, much more reasonable uh, view on that. I mean, Glenn Youngkin, uh, is, you know, the new Republican governor of Virginia is not about to, you know, burn down uh, the Capitol. I mean, there are plenty of Republicans out there at the state and local level, especially that are, you know, getting things done and, you know, their states are open for business. And that contrast is really unfavorable. So they have to come up with a whole nother way to tar all Republicans across the country. Mark Hemingway, find him on Twitter at Heminator, H-E-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. Real Clear Investigations, The Federalist. I appreciate you taking the time, Mark. Always a pleasure. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.